The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Hour number two, 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like. You are good to go. There's also Twitter. At Fred Power, F-A-O-U-R, at A-J is the real, at Aaron is Blitz, at Degenerates 975. You can also go to at ESPN 975. How about that? Yeah. There's a Twitter, Twitch, I'm sorry, the text line, 713-780-3776. Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 975. Miss the first hour, sucks to be you. Richard says, this is the greatest show of the known universe. Hashtag Blitz. Thanks, Richard. And Lamont says, you're saying his sources are saying a settlement isn't close. Multiple 610 cats are saying a settlement is close from their sources. We'll see who's right. Yeah, we will. Um, I don't have any sources on this except for Fred, who has a real source. So, And I, told, I, I, I know who I, Fred's source is, and I, I would say it'd be hard to get closer to things than that. Yeah, well, but the cats on 610 can say whatever they want. The cat's out of the hat. Uh, El Gato and a Sombrero. Yes. Is that how it goes? Yes. That's Now that's where Easterby should go next. <laughs> the cat in the hat. Would be good. Uh, he knows a lot about that. Right Nobody's going to go to Hop on Pop next. Do you think everyone at, uh, like during Texans minicamp, every meal is going to be green eggs and ham? No. Mm. I do not like green eggs and ham. You know, guys that like get cut and think it's because he doesn't like them are gonna get, are gonna use that against him on the way out the door. Yeah, they're gonna call oh, him Doctor yeah. Seuss. Oh God, yeah. And and you know what? You know who's gonna be really mad when they replace Toro with the Lorax? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It would be good for the uh, for the environment. Yeah. And uh, I had a Horton. Here's a who joke, but it's it's so bad, I can't do it. I can't. Uh, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Your number seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six is your number. And uh, man, I wanted to get to this because uh, we have a big announcement, as you mentioned, it at five thirty tomorrow. So make sure you tune tune in at five thirty. It's the best. It's the biggest. It's tremendous. There's good and bad people on both sides. It's a huge. It's a huge announcement. So make sure you uh tune in. But one thing we're not going to do is accidentally announce the uh, death of the queen on Good Morning Britain. Oh, no. Which, uh, so well, we might. <laughs> we, well, we won't do it on Good Morning Britain. No. I can guarantee that. Uh, boy, can you imagine, though? Because we will not be on Good Morning Britain tomorrow. Uh, no, but Alistair Campbell may not either. He probably won't. <laughs> I did see this. Yeah, yeah he Chances acc- are good. Accidentally announced that Queen Elizabeth had died. Uh, she's 95, so, I mean, it's not like... Like it would be a shock if yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah I mean, she's that's, an old lady. Uh, yeah, she's an old lady. And now, to see her, she looks like she could live another 15 years. I don't think that woman's ever going to die. Would you? A, a queen? Yeah. Would you if she wasn't the queen? No. 
what if she was just like a duchess? I'd do a duchess. Okay. Yeah, any, any what if of, she was the prime minister? Um, that's not really royalty. No. But you know but what? It is a position I would, of power. I would. I would say just because it's prime minister. Yeah. I mean, it's like we've said, Betty White. You would do it just because yeah. she's Betty White. Show her my prime minister. Yeah, I'll even take the towel you off put the of that. Prime into her. Yeah, you're saying? I'm just saying. Wow. Uh, but uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, this guy had to be drunk, right? He says, a few minutes later, he realized his mistake and apologized to confused viewers at home. Saying Were they confused? Do you think anybody was crying? Uh, like- I don't know, but he, he said he got her I mixed up. It. He got her mixed up with Prince Philip, who died at 99 on April 9th. Well, that, I could see how that would happen. And he said, we talked a lot about Prince Philip after the death of the queen. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, can I just say something? I may have accidentally announced the death of the queen. I meant Prince Philip, of course. Uh, of course that's what he meant yeah okay and of course he probably said um i may have accidentally announced the death of the queen i'm in prince philip of course there you go i, I love stuff like that man i have friends texting me what's the announcement what's the announcement? tune in tomorrow i don't care if you're my friend so that's what he says uh it's really sad how far the texans have fallen but it's par for the course for houston sports yeah I'm telling you, you know it's how ha- I'm, I'm. You know it's going to happen with the Rockets. They're not going to get a top three pick. You watch. I mean, all this will be for nothing. And I'm, I've, I've kind of got my heart set on Suggs too. That's who I want. Yeah, because I think I think that guy could could really. I hope so. Become a player. He'd be my favorite. Yeah. But. Uh, so Curtin says he's been in Austin for the past four days, and you got to say this town sucks. I could never live here. Um, it, it depends on what part of Austin you're in. It's so crowded now, um, and it, it's it's still a cool city. It's just you have to be in the right places, but it is a lot tougher to get around. It's just the infrastructure isn't there for the population. Nope, it's hard to catch up. Hmm. I like it. It, it, it. I will. It, I will say it's never going to be as cool as it was. No, and and I don't like to be old guy who says ah, back in my day Austin was awesome, but that's kind of really it was. Yeah, yeah it was. It it, it it it's it's still got some of that, but you know, it, to me, New Orleans isn't the same. It's not. Honestly, the charm of Austin left around the same time I did, so I'll I'll take some okay. responsibility okay. for that. Well, you also brought some good barbecue with you. That's true. But I, I yeah, think, I'm a mover and a shaker. I just I, I'm I'm a market changer, Fred. Hmm. I'm like Elon Musk with Bitcoin. Yeah, didn't uh, what, what was it like? Dogecoin went down while he was on SNL. Yeah, the Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's funny because like Elon Elon Musk he invests all this money in Bitcoin, and then he's like, oh, I didn't realize uh, what Bitcoin mining really entailed and how bad it is for for uh, for the environment. If I can find someone who if I can find a, a a crypto that takes less to mine, then that's what I'm going to be in. It's like I thought the whole point of like this cryptocurrency was that it wasn't supposed to be uh, manipulated by governments and people in power. And then these crypto dummies, they, they, it's no better. It's oh oh Elon Musk is out. Oh stock down. Oh it's down down down. It, it's all the same. The the powerful will remain the powerful. And if you spent your life money on Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever, they got you. You you got played, Bubba. It's the history of the world. That's what it is. Always. It's a rigged, this is, it's a rigged game, man. It is it a rigged game. Uh, 
Freddie? for us poor. Who would you first, Queen of England or Queen of the Green Aliens? Oh, Queen of the Green Aliens. I mean, that that's... that's I thought good. you were into blue aliens. That blue, green, you know, bluish green. Turquoise? Yeah, turquoise would work. Not, you know, not like Avatar ones. Okay. I mean, I would. But it wouldn't be your first choice. Right. So... Uh, how do you mix up the queen with the deceased royal consort? That's like mixing up Fred with one of his ex-wives. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, and some people talk about that. Yeah, you know, I, I I know someone who's done really well with that crypto sure. stuff. And but if you like it invested your life savings in it because Elon Musk did, you're an idiot. Yeah, well, I'm not a big. Uh, you're not a big musky. No, I mean. I'd like him to get to Mars and, you know, him, him, him personally to get to Mars. By the way, I was like, I, I, I almost got in a car accident today that through no fault of my own, which I, as you guys know, I will admit when it is my fault, this was no fault of my own. A light turned green and I started to roll through it and a Tesla ran the red light going the other way. Uh, was it self-driven? I don't know. I wonder if it were in self-driver mode. But it didn't even like slow down, and it wasn't like it wasn't like the kind of running a red light where it it was yellow and then it turned red as you were going through. It was like I had time to wait for the green light and then pull out into traffic. Yeah, and I had to slam on my brakes because it was je- and it didn't even bother to slow down when it was jetting in front of me. So I wonder. I do wonder, Fred. Well, there's. I've noticed this downtown a lot. People are running red lights again. And, and, and my least favorite person on the planet, and you're down there with pedophiles and seat recliners as far as I'm concerned, is the guy who, when the light's red and he's going to turn left and you're going straight, where he just slams on it, goes as fast as he can and cuts you off so he can turn you don't left like that? before you can get there. No, I don't like that. <laughs> it makes me want to go buy just an old beat-up pickup truck. And smash it into Just them. to smash right into him. Yeah. Because I would do that. But I don't want to mess up my car. Fair enough. But I mean, what? Like, oh, I'm in a hurry. Aren't we all? Yeah, everybody's got somewhere to be, bro. <coughs> we all got stuff to do. And but and and you can tell when they're going to do it too because they start creeping up. So I always start creeping up a little bit. <laughs> and um, but yeah, I, and and the other thing I've noticed a lot lately is, especially like in our part of town, there's some cross streets. They don't have lights. They have stop signs. Yeah. And people will just go right through those across Polk, which is a busy street, and never stop. And, I mean, I, I saw an accident the other day, and I've seen a bunch of near accidents. It's kind of like, guys, just, hey, you know what a stop sign means? Bleep and stop. And just make sure nobody's coming. That's it. And then go. Because I guarantee you, however big a hurry you're in, it's going to go away if you get in a wreck. Yep. So, anyway, seven one three seven eight zero espn is the number if you want to get in. So we're going to do the uh, Michael Chandler interview next. Is that how? That yes, goes? we are. All right, cool. So, uh, uh, Rain Man says, "Face a lot of douchebags drive Teslas." I have a power ranking of douchebags. Mercedes driver number one. Number one. Number one. Because mm. those guys, those guys are the most. Uh, I mean, they care absolutely nothing about other drivers. They really don't. So Mercedes number one. Yeah, Tesla, I just don't see enough of them. Let's see they're on back order. <laughs> yeah, or, or they're already going into space, or, you know, they've 
they haven't been charged up. I don't know. But I, I don't see enough Teslas. I would say uh, Lexus is up there. Okay. BMW's hit and miss. There are some BMW drivers who are as bad as Mercedes drivers. And there's some that are pretty cool. But Mercedes, by far the worst. Number one with a bullet. All right. Loaded God Complex. Cocking and pull it. We are going to take a very quick break. Somebody says lifted truck drivers. Yeah, if you you got those giant wheels. What about the person who has the rims like on a, an old Lincoln that like point out like a foot off of the car? Swingers. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, the, the guys with the, the giant wheels, That's you might as well just put a sign on the back of your truck. I have a really tiny penis. All right. Well. I mean, you don't. It doesn't take a big truck to have that. Mm, I know, but just, I've got a regular sized truck. I'll and, just say this: you, know. you don't like the guy with the big truck until Harvey 2.0 hits, and then you love the guy with the big truck That's who can true. help pull you out of your neighborhood. Uh, well, yeah. Also, some of them are going down the neighborhood and causing waves that are causing other cars to flood. So, yeah, All right. cars can be replaced. Fred, humans drown. Hey, all you have to do is turn around. We, we've heard that phrase: you turn around, you don't drown. It's that simple. All right. Michael Chandler coming up next. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, You're listening to the Blitz. Lock and roll, boys. On ESPN 97.5. Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman. Joining us now on the program is a man who will be fighting for the lightweight title of the world Saturday night here in Houston. Uh, Michael Chandler joins us on the program. Michael, how you doing, man? And I am doing great here in beautiful Houston, Texas. My uh. My pool is shaped like a like the tech like Texas. It's got the outline of Texas, man. People in Texas love them some Texas, and I love me some Texas. So I'm glad we uh, I'm glad I get to win the world title here in one of the heartbeats of America. You know, one of the things that that I I always find curious is how how people think that the crowds will respond to them. And I saw something from you saying you feel like the the Texas crowd is going to be 100 percent behind you. Uh, and it's, it's going to be red, white, and blue. Like, do you feel, is that, is that an accurate statement? Do you feel like the, because Charles has Houston ties? No, for me, I think America loves them. Some Americans, you know, I think when I'm fighting, uh, a guy from Brazil, I think, um, you know, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, everybody there has to be rooting for me or that Charles isn't going to have a, a decent, a decent sized contingency. But man, when I get to where, the American flag walking in, man, I just think, you know, it, it also comes at a time right now where we have zero male American UFC champions. So I become the only one on a, you know, there's only one other one and that's Rose Namajunas. So obviously she's a female. So we will have one female, one, one male American champion. So it's perfect timing. You couldn't have scripted this whole thing any better. And here we are about to get after it. Did you expect when you left Bellator, did you expect to to be fighting for a title so quickly? And obviously, how much did Khabib retiring 
affect your timeline? I mean, I think it had everything to do with it, to be honest with you. I think, uh, I think what you see are just the manifestation of the circumstances at hand. I mean, I come into the organization, Khabib retires the first fight. You got Connor and Poirier who are tied up with the trilogy. Poirier is the number one guy on the, on the rankings, but he's tied up with the trilogy. He got off for the title fight, but he obviously took the Connor fight. So that leaves me and Charles. Um, so I just think it, at this point, expect the unexpected. You know, when you're fighting in an organization like the UFC, the biggest organization on the planet by far, not just by a small margin, but by a very wide margin, expect the unexpected. But once I win the title, I believe, on Saturday night, um, it'll be a little bit more predictable. Um, I'll be able to, you know, see and know when the opponent, you know, who is the number one contender, when the fights play out and, and when I fight. So we'll uh, – We'll see, but it, it has definitely been interesting, um, and I wish could be best, you know, a best best days on his retirement. Is it in a way disappointing for you that you you come to fight in the UFC, fight against the best guys in the world, and then right when you get here, the best guy in the world walks away? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I, I think that 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 ship has sailed for me as far as you know, wishing and hoping and wanting him to come back. This happens in sport. It happens in sport all the time. You know, every single team changes. Every single year, management, ownership, starting players, starting roster, um, every every single team changes every single year, and there's and it's no different in individual sports. You know, when it comes to injuries, retirements, uh, people getting cut, it's just part of the business. Um, I believe I'm going to be a very dominant guy here in the UFC. I believe I win the world title and I defend that that title uh, numerous times. And if there ever was a guy that he seemingly would maybe come back for I might be it given my skill set and then what and then given the run that I believe I'm going to have but it remains to be seen and I by no means am losing any sleep over it the beautiful thing is I joined the UFC lightweight roster at a time where there is no shortage of phenomenal fights out there when you talk about me and Charles Oliveira this weekend and then I'm going to get the winner of Poirier and Connor and then probably the loser of Poirier and Connor within the next two fights you got Gaethje you got Ferguson and Dariush this roster on the, on the UFC lightweight division is absolutely um, exciting from top to bottom. So we will, uh, we will enjoy some fights, and then we'll see if Khabib ever comes back. You know, you mentioned all, all the great lightweights, and it seems until recently Charles Oliveira didn't get mentioned amongst those elite guys. And it, he, had, he had put off this great win streak, but he'd had troubles at 45, had trouble making weight. Uh, he's had some bumps along the way, but he's on this dominant tear. Do you think what he did to Tony Ferguson really cemented him as one of those elite tier guys? Yeah, I mean, Tony Ferguson is no slouch. Um, Tony Ferguson, what he was on that huge win streak, and he's got two losses, but he lost to Justin Gaethje, and he lost to Charles Oliveira, you know. So beating Tony Ferguson – um, solidified Charles as, as one of the uh, legitimate top five, top three guys. Um, the way he did it, how dominant it was. So uh, that's a fight that I've studied. It's a fight that I've looked at. It's a fight that I've, um, you know, obviously made, make, I want to make sure those things don't happen to me. And I believe that they won't. I believe my wrestling and my, my body awareness, body mechanics, and my strength is just going to be too much to be able to get his arms wrapped around me, picked up and put down. But uh, the win streak he has, that win streak not only comes with, uh, wins and bonuses and paychecks and world rankings, but it comes with confidence. 
um, that brings confidence. I believe Charles Oliveira is the most confident that he has ever been. I believe we're going to see the best Charles Oliveira that we've ever seen because UFC title shots don't just pop up out of nowhere. Um, and I think that's why I've taken a decent amount of, of criticism from people that I, you know, it got handed to me way too quickly, um, which is completely out of my control. But Charles Oliveira has been fighting in the UFC since 2010, and this is finally his first title shot. Um, so I believe he, he trained with every ounce of his being to be able to show up on fight night and try to win that title. So I'm prepared for all aspects of what Charles Oliveira may bring to that octagon, and I believe I'm going to re- uh, remain victorious. You know, you mentioned that you watched the, the the Ferguson film. I don't know how far back with film study you go when you when you fight, but Charles back in 2010, his striking was nearly a zero. What have you seen develop in his game over that 11 years in the UFC? Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things that I respect most about him. I mean, when you get into the UFC that young and you're very one dimensional, and and he would probably tell you that back in 2010 too. We all knew, you know, call a spade a spade, but. Um, he uh, he's worked extremely hard on his striking. Obviously, man, he's he's long. He uses his range. He uses his power. He's got that long jab that can keep you at bay. That long jab that can stick you and uh, and change your rhythm and change change the distance that you're trying to uh, continue to impose on him. So for me, I just need to close that distance fast. Stay inside. Stay in his face. Immediately from the first exchange, make him make him feel my presence my power uh, and and the pressure that I'm going to put on him. So um, he's gotten a ton better there. So obviously we need to watch out for all of his plethora of, of attacks that he has with his hands, his knees and his elbows and his kicks. Um, but it, a fight is a fight. I've seen it all. Um, I have a, sh- a, a lower wrestling stance. So I know mostly, most likely what he's going to be throwing um, and so have 27 other guys before in the past. So I'm prepared and I'm ready to go. When you talk about your wrestling background and, and wrestling's a big part of your game, when you fight a guy who's that holds the UFC record for for most submission wins, like it, does that change the way you approach with your wrestling game? Does it does it make you want to stand up and fight more, or, or do you just say I'm going to play my game and and I, I'm I'm confident my game's better than his? No, it's a good question because, you know, conventional wisdom would say he's got the most submission wins in UFC history. You should probably just stay away from all the grappling exchanges, all this jujitsu, all the wrestling, all the cage control. Um, But truthfully, I think I think my my style is not just offensive wrestling, but it's anti jujitsu wrestling as well. There is no secret. I'm never going to want to be on my back be on the bottom, throwing up triangles and doing crazy jujitsu submissions. Um, I don't train those. I'm always coming forward, trying to pick you up, put you down and be on top. And I focus on pressure, control and damage, which usually leads to any of the submissions that I've gotten. So um, I think the first round, while we're still dry, um, he's a he's a third degree black belt. By the second round, as we get sweaty, that he loses those stripes. By the third round, when we're sweaty, maybe a cut opens up and we're a little bit bloody. He goes down to a brown belt, then down to a purple belt, down to a white belt. And I don't say that skill-wise. I just say that from a fatigue standpoint. And this isn't just exclusive to him. This is just everybody in general. We tire as we fight, obviously. So the attacks aren't going to be as explosive, not to mention the fact that you just get slipperier, blood's involved, um, and sweat is involved. So um, when I do get in on shots – 
go right away, explode right away. If he does attack something, be extremely stingy. Don't give him an inch because if you give Charles, Charles Oliveira an inch, you are in danger. You're, you're in danger when you don't give him an inch. You're in danger at every moment in those grappling exchanges. So just be ready. Let your sixth sense, let your instinct, let your training take over and hope for the best. One of the things I was curious about when you left Bellator was obviously you had, you, you know, the, the Pitbull fight didn't go your way. I know that was that was weighing heavy on you. Do you feel like coming to the UFC and winning this title can make you just can wipe that out of your memory? Or is that is that something eventually like maybe you hope you can get that particular fight again down the road in your career? Good question, because I think a lot of you know, I think a lot of fighters, you know, hold um, hold regret or maybe animosity or whatnot. I don't. Honestly, I am in such a better position because of that fight. You know, I was talking to Okamoto, Brett Okamoto, the other day, one of your colleagues at ESPN, and we talked about that fight. And I truly believe that that loss happened for me, not to me. Um, If I don't lose that fight, um, if I don't get caught, I'm probably still in my Bellator contract. I'm not fighting for the UFC title right now as we speak. So it happened for me, not to me. I have no qualms with that the man. I don't need to fight him again. My career will be 100% um, successful, and I, am, I will be a happy, happy man, and I will sleep just fine at night um, if I never, quote, unquote, get that fight back. Uh, but that's a good question. That's, it seems, you know, in an individual sport, when we have these one-on-one altercations inside, inside mixed martial arts, that you might want to get that loss back. But got a couple losses on my record, and I'm, I don't need to, need to get any of them back. Honestly, I'm always moving forward. Charles Oliveira, beating Charles Oliveira and winning the UFC title washes away every single loss that I've had in mixed martial arts, <laughs> wrestling, high school wrestling, uh, middle school, taekwondo, football, everything that I've done. Every single thing in my past, every loss that I've had, every setback that I've had, that I've had winning this belt wipes all of that away. So, man, I'm, I'm uh, happy, as, uh, happy as I could possibly be, and I'm uh, excited to go out there and perform on Saturday night. Well, and obviously you were a champion for a long time. So you've, you've had a lot of these moments in your career where it is the biggest moment of your sporting career. And I don't know if it was the first time you fought for a title, but every, every time you, you go a little further, the bar changes, but when's the last time you had a fight that you considered, this is the biggest fight of my career. Um, well, truthfully, I mean, the, the Dan Hooker fight, truthfully, just because even though it wasn't a title fight, I, I fought for titles before. I fought in big sold-out arenas. I've done the big billings. I've been the main event. I felt the pressure. But that UFC debut, you, you, you don't win that fight. You don't have a dominant performance. You don't do something great and, and really announce yourself as not just a, a fighter, but you, you got to announce yourself as a professional. You got to announce yourself as one of the guys who the UFC can get behind, one of the guys that the fan base can get behind. And I think I tried to do all of that going into that fight. And then how the fight played out with the dominant victory and the dominant finish in the first round. And then the, the stuff afterwards and then the media afterwards, that was the biggest opportunity of my life because it was my UFC debut. I took a chance by leaving the relative security of Bellator, being a big fish in a, in a small pond, being the face of the franchise, you know, making a good living for my family, taking a chance on myself coming over to the UFC where it was seemingly the wild, wild west. Anything could happen for me. Um, because I left the security of, of what I had. So 
took a chance on myself. So, so that pressure of that fight needing to perform against a very dangerous, formidable opponent in Dan Hooker um, was the biggest opportunity, the biggest stage and had the most on the line in my entire career. And I believe this Saturday night will supersede that and uh, get that belt wrapped around my waist. And there are casual fans who would, you know, maybe question your resume because you'd done it in Bellator and they're like, well, he's not fighting the same level of competition. If you go out there in your first fight and you lose that fight, I'm not saying that they're right, but it does give some of those guys some validation that, okay, this guy's built a resume fighting not the best guys in the world. So I can understand how, how that would be a big, a, a big fight for you as well. hundred percent. And, and I, I, and I'm, I'm the first to admit, and I, and I, you know, I can say it more now because I'm, I'm signed with the UFC. I've never been one to, you know, talk bad about my promotion, my promoter. I, I believe to get to the top in any organization, in, in any avenue of business, of, of, of life, you have to first be a good employee. If you want to be a commanding officer in the military, you have to first be a good grunt, a good private, the guy who says yes, the guy who scrubs the floors with, um, with a, the toothbrush. I love it. Jocko Willink's book, um, the laws of leadership or whatever it's called. And he talks about that. And I think I'm in the position that I'm in because I'm a, I'm a good, I've been a good employee since day one. Um, so I don't mean to say anything bad about Bellator, but it's not the highest level. It's not, it's not the best fighters in the world. It's not the deepest rosters. And now that I'm in the UFC, I can say that. And I'm not, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in the UFC, I refrained from saying that because I was a good employee under the Bellator banner for all of those years. But I knew if I ever wanted to be the best in the world, I had to come over here and fight these guys. I knew if I ever wanted to be known as the number one guy, I had to come over here and win this title, the UFC title. My legacy can only be written in the UFC octagon. Being a Hall of Famer, being one of the best in the world, it can only be written in the UFC octagon, nowhere else in the entire world. It seems like you're in a really good headspace going into this fight. Is, is there a balance between being confident and being too confident going up against a guy who, who has such, you know, danger, a dangerous skill set. Is there, do you have to find a balance between confidence and overconfidence? You know, I believe, I believe that is the most subjective question that you could ask. I think it's so, I think it's so individual for me personally, I struggle with self-image um, self-concept, self-esteem, confidence. I struggled with all these things for a very long time. I self-sabotaged myself so many times as a wrestler, so many times, a couple different times as a fighter. Um, and I've gotten to the point in my life where my confidence is directly tied to me building more and more confidence and having the confidence to speak these things to it in existence. And trust me, it's not going to it's not going to resonate well with some people. It, people aren't going to like it. People are going to say I'm too arrogant, too cocky. But I try to just be led by – my words are what I'm being led by in my heart. And I, I just speak out of the abundance of, of the heart. And I, I believe these things about myself. I believe I was a small guy from a small town who was taught to do small things. I fell short many, many times. But because I – continue to try to build myself up and believe in myself. You are what you are and where you are because of what goes in between these ears. And I wasn't building that up enough. And I've spent the last decade focusing on becoming more mentally strong, mentally tough, um, and just having a great self-esteem. And if you don't believe in yourself, who is going to, you know, um, I believe this, my self-concept is the single most important thing that I can, that I can turn into something and cultivate success. 
So um, I don't call it cockiness. I, I don't even really call it confidence. At this point, I just call it my calling. You know, I have a calling on my life that I that I tried to push away for a very long time because it didn't feel it didn't feel um, natural to me. You know, I didn't feel like I was able to or, or I was willing or I was deserving of success. And now I stand before you today here in beautiful Houston, Texas, just two days away from stepping into a UFC title fight, becoming the number one fighter in the world in the lightweight division. Um and it's only because I finally started to believe in myself. So I'm just being led, just enjoying this ride. Um, if people don't like it, um, it's okay. But I believe a lot of people are seeing my confidence, seeing my journey, and seeing my message, and hopefully believing in themselves a little bit more. So the uh, the card loses Diaz, which was a, a big draw. What's what's the, the for you now outside of your own fight? What fight are you looking most forward to seeing on uh, Saturday night? Outside of my own fight, Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza. I think it's a tale of two phenomenal, tenacious strikers. Uh, truthfully, and I've said I've gone on record with this, Shane Burgos is my favorite guy on the roster. Um, I love watching him fight. He uh, He's like me. He's not undefeated. He's like a young me, kind of reckless, kind of too much at times, takes too much damage. I've had a couple conversations with him about preserving the brain preserving the hand, <laughs> preserving, keeping your hands up. Uh, I'm going to try to get him down to South Florida and come train with me after this fight, just because uh, win, lose, or draw. I'm just a fan of the man. Um, Edson Barboza, I've trained with in the past two at Frankie Edgar's camp. Uh, the guy is just as fast, just as powerful in real life as you see on TV uh, when you're watching on, on TV and on these pay-per-views. So that's the fight I'm looking most forward to. But even with Diaz and Edwards, falling off this card. Um, it's a phenomenal card top to bottom. I'm excited to be the headliner. I'm excited to be the anchor. I'm excited to be the, the main event. And uh, I think we're all going to go out there and put on a great show in front of the Houston crowd. You heard it. Uh, UFC 262 main event, Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira, Saturday night here in Houston. You can, of course, find it on pay-per-view uh, through ESPN+. Plus. Michael, appreciate the time, man, and, and best of luck on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I'll see you at the top. Yeah, he, dude is a good interview, and a lot of people are commenting on Twitter and Twitch. He's very well spoken, very very sharp dude. Yeah, that uh, some good questions too. And he's uh, he he's fighting a a former teammate of mine, a guy that I I started training with when he was twenty years old. Uh, and you know I, I you know he said that he's been in the UFC since since twenty ten, and. I met him in in 2010, and his striking was non-existent. He uh, he barely knew how to throw a punch, and so for him to to have, have turned from basically a one-trick pony into a guy who's fighting for the UFC title, I think is pretty amazing too. Uh, it, he, I mean, he's one of the, if not the best submission specialist in the history of the UFC, which is pretty pretty crazy to think about when you think about all the guys that have gone through it. But he's got more submission finishes than anyone. Uh, it, it's it's it should be a really fun fight, man. I'm excited for it. All right, well, you know, kind of hard to root against that guy, but I'm gonna have to. Well, well, Sorry, listen, man. I have root for the money. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, I got to tell you about TGS Insurance. How can I save some money? Well, you could save some money on your homeowner's insurance because I mean, listen, do you even know what you're paying for a homeowner's insurance right now? I bet you don't. I sure didn't. Until I sent that text to TGS, and I texted the word money to 232323. They asked for my address. I replied back, and in 15 seconds, I had a full and firm insurance quote right there in my inbox. I looked at that, compared it to what I was paying. Whoa, over $1,000 I saved by switching to TGS. 
They only work with A-rated insurance companies, so you're not getting some scrubby-dub insurance. This is the best stuff. Uh, they've, they've just shopped the rates to see who can give you the actual best price, and it's just a great, a great service, uh, and there's no obligation. So if you don't like what they send you or you can't save money, no big deal. Throw it away. Chances are good they will save you money, though, and they're going to take care of the back end, get you refunded on your old policy, start you saving money right away. Text money to 232323. See what you could be saving with TGS Insurance. Mediterranean water, my wrist. Keeping on piss, how I'm talking my Six figure check for a show, man, I'm lit. Let's celebrate now. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5's Market Scoreboard Report. Presented by Texas Citizens Bank. I'm Frank Miller for Ron and Sauna. The markets finished sharply higher today. The Dow up over 400 points. The S&P and NASDAQ seeing strong gains as well. Investors mostly shrugging off concerns about inflation after today's Labor Department report showed that the producer price index rose more than expected in April. It was up six-tenths of a percent compared to expectations of three-tenths of one percent. Elsewhere, the Labor Department also said that first-time claims for unemployment benefits fell more than expected last week. Initial jobless claims dropped 34,000 to a level of 473,000. Last week, it was 507,000. Well, the CDC is giving the green light for many states to open up vaccinations for 12 to 15-year-olds. The CDC says the two-dose Pfizer vaccine may be used among that population group right away. And gas shortages in the southeast continue to get worse even as the Colonial Pipeline comes back online. Panic buying said to be responsible for a majority of gas stations being empty in North Carolina, Georgia, and Virginia. The pipe back online, but supplies may be disrupted for several days. ESPN 97.5's Market Scoreboard Report was presented by Texas Citizens Bank, the official bank of ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on the Blitz. Dale says, incorrect characterization of Mercedes-Benz drivers. Guessing he has one. Uh, MB has the highest safety ratings of what a rich luxury brands. Often attracts a more careful driver than the more performance-oriented BMW and Porsche. Hey, it's not an incorrect correct characterization. It's my experience with Mercedes-Benz drivers. They're jerks. And they cut you off. They jump in front of you. They do all kinds of, of arrogant things. Maybe you're not one of them, but you but maybe a, a you lot are. of your people are. And so I'm a mailman in the woodlands. Lexus drivers are my number one, but Mercedes is a close second. So, uh, 713-780-ESPN. Let's do the Zadok Jewelers. Jim of the, the day. day. The gym of the day. It's the gym of the day. The Zadok Jeweler gym of the day. So uh, I am uh, a hockey fan. You know that. You talk about the best players in hockey. Most people would say Connor McDavid. Pretty amazing what he's doing for the Oilers, even though they're not very good. But most people would say he's the best player in hockey. I think most people say Ovechkin's the best goal scorer in hockey. Uh, they're both, you would be wrong. Seth Jones. No, nope, it's not Seth Jones. I'll, I'll give you two more guesses. Uh, Mario Lemieux. Uh, he's dead. No, oh. well, he's not really dead, but you know what I mean. 
Bob Hull. You're not even close. Oh. Vladimir Putin. Oh, oh. Uh, what's the the, uh, the he's like the North Korean uh, dictator. Yes, he's the best basketball player. He, in the world. Uh, he played in a quote all star hockey game this week. His team won thirteen to nine. He scored eight goals. Uh, you know what? Who's who's going to check him? Who's going to try to uh, stop him? From Wouldn't it be great goals? if someone just came across the ice and just wrecked him like high stick? Uh, Not for that guy's family. No, no, because <laughs> I mean, look what happened to that one guy who criticized him. He's That's like, oh, he's in prison. I, I mean, if if I'm on the ice, I, if I'm the goalie, I'm like, go ahead, bro. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm out of your way. You're fine. I wish I was uh, famous enough like that to be able to go out and... And, yeah, just say I'm the best and no one can question it. Yeah. But he is the best, so there's that. Anyway, that's your Zadok Jewelers Gem of the Day. The Gem of the Day. It's the Gem of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gem of the Day. Uh, IOT says, yeah, Siberia for anyone that blocks a goal shot. How dare you? Oh, man. But yes, did he do it on a horse with his shirt off? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he likes stuff like that. But, yeah, you know what? That's the kind of leader I would be if, if I were in charge of a country. What do you mean? That's the kind of leader you are. Uh, no, I mean, but I... Every I, one of these sports map elite meetings, you're in there with your shirt off on your horse? No, no. I'm talking about I would be scoring all the goals. Oh. Uh, I'd be thinking, okay, anybody who uh, tries to stop me here, you lose your job. It's that simple. But, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, guys like Vladimir Putin. So, the... Uh, I, I also had this one which uh, not really a gym of the day, but I just kind of wanted to get to it. You see what they're doing in Ohio? If you get vaccinated. Oh, you're like in a lottery, right? You, yeah, you get to enter a lottery where you're eligible to win $1 million. We should do that here. Yeah, well, they should. I want that money. Yeah, I'll take it. That would be good. I, I, In fact, I would probably win that lottery. It's the only kind of lottery I would win. I, I'm not going to go get lottery tickets because that's, that's never going to happen. So when Putin plays, it's always an over game. Yeah, I, I, I wonder what the total was on that. Because even if it's 20, they went over. Oh, speaking of which, there is a, there is a game I like tonight. I've got to uh, double check the did, actual number. Did you see this message from Lamont? No. Lamont's been put in Twitter jail for calling me a liberal. Ah. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that that's why. I don't know. Nah, when you saw, go to Twitter jail, do they tell you why you're there? He says, damn good interview with the MMA guy. Yep. I'm in Twitter jail because of AJ. I find that I don't, uh, I don't know if I believe that. I saw some of the other tweets. It's probably because of what you were saying to AJ as opposed to. Um, and oh, by the way, this is your third Twitter account, man. Maybe you need to. <laughs> I thought Twitter didn't have rules. <laughs> Maybe. Can't, can't you post like straight up porno on Twitter? Yeah, but Lamont can't yeah, call me. Can. A, he can't call me a liberal. Yep. Mm. Can't call me a sissy liberal bitch. Well, I don't know. You know why not? I can call you that. I know, but Lamont can't. Hmm. He was on secret probation already. I think. Yeah. I, or it could be another case of Twitter treating him differently because he's a black man. I, I would guess that 
If Lamont were white, he wouldn't get kicked off Twitter for that. President Trump got kicked off Twitter. That's true. He's not black. Oh, that's true. Mike, I guess my theory's been shot down. Well. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Lamont. I didn't mean to get you kicked off Twitter. You can uh, you can always join the Twitch. Yeah, then Twitch is probably better anyway. He has a Twitch account. Okay. Because he's been on there before. I'd leave that or somebody copied his uh, his Twitter handle. Uh, fan says, uh, Lamont, pick a side, ESPN 97.5 or all the other bum stations in Houston. I mean, listen, Lamont listens to our show every day. I don't know what he's doing the rest of the day, but I know he listens to our show. I don't, I don't care what, I, what he listens to when he's not listening to us. Yeah, I mean, all, all I care about is the... Who listens to our show? Yeah, I just want people to listen to our show and no other shows. I mean, yeah, we have other shows on the station that you could listen to. Yeah. And that's fine. Happy to, happy for you to do that. But as far as uh, what's important, it's the Blitz. Period. End of discussion. Um, I didn't get banned from Twitter, luckily. I, I, I don't know. I've I, never been banned from Twitter. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I could do that would that's even come close to getting me banned. I mean, all I tweet out is, hey, play the Preakness this week. Bet USR slash Falcon. <laughs> that's pretty much my tweets. Or like today's where I just tweeted out, hey, if you got the dirty package and hadn't received the Preakness, send me an email or DM me because I had a couple of, uh, a couple of email addresses that bounced back, mainly because I left a letter out because I'm stupid that way. What an idiot. But that's about it. There, I don't have any other... Uh, I, well, I, I guess maybe I, I, I could have got put in jail for retweeting that Coldplay joke. <laughs> so, so he says, thanks, AJ. Now I'm blocked by Watson, too. Uh, listen, I, mean, I can't control who he blocks. That guy, he's block happy. Uh, he blocked me over a year ago. You know, if he just blocked some of those Instagram yep, girls. Exactly. Then things- You know why he blocked me? I turned down his massage request. He's like, hey, I see you're a radio host. I bet you're good at massage. I was like, what? No, I don't do massage. He's like, yeah, but what about for this 30 bucks? And I was like, no, I'm not going to come massage you for 30 bucks. And this isn't Deshaun Watson I'm talking about. I'm talking about Deshaun Potson. And he was like, uh, he said, come on, man, just come over 30 bucks. Give me a rub down. Come Put your over. finger in my booty hole and, uh, and I'll give you 30 bucks and we can be best friends on Twitter. And I was like, I'm not doing that, Deshaun Potson. And then he blocked me. See, I, you had to have done something on Twitter, right? <laughs> because I think, no, I think I... Because I, I'm not blocked and I say all kinds of crap about the dude. I think what happened was, I, I was the day that I tweeted all the random rap lyrics because he was getting so obnoxious with that. So it wasn't over a year ago. But I was tweeting, I started tweeting out random lyrics and then someone tagged Deshaun in them, and I think he got upset about it and was uh, like, "Twitter tattle, yeah. Twitter tales are the worst." That's why you'd never at the athlete. It's just lame. Did you mean to tell on this guy? I mean, it's not like I really care. I didn't follow Deshaun Watson. I'm like, I'm not missing out on anything. And I mean, as far as I know, Deshaun doesn't even tweet anymore. If he's if he's got a brain in his head, which that's debatable. Nah. Uh, he he probably doesn't tweet anymore anyway, so I'm not missing any action. But it is lame to to tag the uh, to tag the celebrity. Like, can't we all just 
can't we all be the same on Twitter and bitch about celebrities and make fun of uh, famous people who do really dumb things? Can't we just do that together without telling them? Come on, guys. Eh, I haven't, I haven't, you know what? Maybe I am blocked now because I, I did call him a dumb. No, I'm st- you're still there. Still huh? there. Uh, his, his last tweet was March 16th when he, uh, he hasn't retweeted anything. He hasn't done anything. So probably smart. Chicken dinner says Fred's going to get blocked by Balco Bob. Good. Stop cheating, Balco Bob. Fred's not afraid of that. No, I'm not afraid of that. Do you follow I, him on Twitter? I used to. Oh, okay. Um, you blocked him when he started cheating? No, I, I I mean, he never really tweeted anything interesting. So, yeah. like, about once every six months now, I'll go purge people that I follow. Uh, if, if there's just not something that I'm interested in, I will, I'll ditch you. You know who I've started following? I wish he would follow me back. I may ask Trey to have him follow me back. It would make me feel better about myself. Frankie McDonald. Oh, really? And today, Frankie McDonald posted a video. Like, sometimes he does these, uh, like, he acts things out. And today, he he posted one just a couple minutes ago. I got to watch it during the break with the sound on. But it says, the guy acting like a gorilla and eating pizzas. And then he pretends to be a guy who's acting like a gorilla and eating pizzas. It's really fascinating stuff. Okay. Yeah. Can't wait to not see that. What? (laughs) I mean, what if you, like, wouldn't it be fun to see a gorilla eating pizza? Uh, I've seen you eat pizza. Oh, come on. Come on. That was terrible. Terrible. That was a a cheap shot. That's a low blow. Mm. Well, I aim low. That's how it works. Did you see, uh, um... the cast are putting together for this Knives Out sequel. I saw Ed Norton's involved. I mean, apparently they're spending a ton of money on this. I mean, I knew it was popular. I didn't think it was that popular. But obviously, Daniel Craig is going to be back. But he's the only member of the original cast. I but, think that's good because it's got to be like a different family and everything, yeah, right? That's yeah. what it should be. So, Edward Norton, uh, Dave Bautista. Oh, one of the great actors of our uh, of our time. Hey, hey. He was, he was great in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's great. Well, for he's what he, great at being a big dummy with his shirt off, which is what he's done his entire career. That's what he's supposed to be, man. They're like, okay, hey, pro wrestler, you're going to be an actor now. Hey, don't hate me. Okay, what's my role? Just pretend to be a pro wrestler, but from outer space. <laughs> okay. Jason says, let's have a game in which listener can get blocked by Deshaun Potts and the quickest any way to put odds on it. <laughs> I'm guessing he doesn't even check. Yeah, he, yeah, he's probably done with you guys. Yeah. So, all righty. Whoever social media people are should be fired anyway. Agreed. All right, quick break. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5925. Stay up to date with the latest innovations hitting the city of Houston by visiting innovationmap.com or follow them on any of your social media platforms. Just search Innovation Map.